We have to go back. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast. I'm Ricky, and Grayson uh, was called away on an emergency mission, something about finding some kind of pattern in some radio signal. But today, you are in luck because we do have a special guest, uh, Chris Sanders, or at least the voice of Chris Sanders. Hi, everybody. It's me. It's Chris. He's right there. As there as audio can be. Um, You might recognize his... uh, voice from the black man answers cosmo podcast uh, and we actually became really good friends through youtube uh over on his youtube channel cs andreas this is true i also do another thing where i um talk about cosmo on a podcast called the black man answers cosmo podcast yeah it's exactly what it sounds like there's no, no way to hide it. We we are black men and we answer Cosmo questions. We also invite white people too and Asians and other races. Everyone is welcome on the Black Man Answers Cosmo podcast. But the name's just catchy, so we're going to roll with that for now. Oh, yeah. No, I love it. It's one of my favorites. Um, and today we are going to be talking about the 1996 uh, action sci-fi adventure Independence Day. One of my favorite Will Smith flicks yeah yeah it's a flick yeah yeah (laughs) it's appropriate to call a movie a flick definitely on this podcast um and in case on the off chance that you haven't seen this movie that i'm just realizing is 20 years old wait it is 2016 at the time of this recording holy crap really yeah it came out in 96 20 years old yeah yeah, so basically the brief synopsis is the aliens are coming and their goal is to invade and destroy the Earth. Fighting superior technology, mankind's best weapon is the will to survive. That's the IMDb synopsis of it. Because this this movie is actually really interesting to me um, because I watched this movie a lot as a kid um, at the YMCA. Uh, I brought this up before, but at the YMCA when I was in teen camp... We were teens, so we could watch PG-13 movies. And this movie was PG-13, so we watched it a lot. I think I just saw it once. Here's the thing. I feel like rewatching it, it feels like I've never seen the movie all the way through. But I remembered so many, like, scenes and phrases. Like, my favorite moment is, uh, the thing I remember so vividly is Will Smith walking through the desert like i'm stuck here in the desert dragging you with your dreads hanging out i just remember <laughs> that being just one of my favorite lines in the entire movie but it felt like i was watching this movie for the first time i mean i felt the same way too i feel like i seen i saw so many things that i didn't realize were in the movie like okay i remember will smith punching the alien in the face i remember that part but i don't remember the alien just passing out immediately i don't remember vivica fox being a stripper in the movie and I yeah. don't remember all the... Okay, this one, I'm going to bring this up a little bit later. We can go on deeper into this. But I noticed this movie had the biggest range of weird voices of any movie I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> like, so many actors with these really, really, really distinct voices. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, if you if you were just listening to the audio of this movie, you could identify pretty much every single person's voice. Oh, absolutely. It's It's so... Uh, who's I, who's the? I don't even know the characters' names. I think I got so into the movie, I just didn't focus on names. Focused on like who they were and what they were doing. So it'd be like that. The guy who was like, "Oh my gosh, we got to do the thing. We got to get out of here. Oh my gosh!" Like, he, oh, like, oh, wow, wow, wow. You're talking a lot. You should not do that yep. that much. 
Yeah, what is his name? Is that Randy? Not Randy Quaid. No, is that Randy not Randy Quaid. No, I don't think so. No, that's that. He was a pilot. Okay. No, but he he was also in Mrs. Doubtfire. Oh, he was. But I mean, I feel like if he was in other things, you know, because you can't forget that voice. Is his name? Oh, no. no. It's, nope, that's not his name. Is his name Andy Circus? I don't know why I call him that, but it's not. All right. Uh, I'm just going to say no, only because I know it's not. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> uh, uh, what is it? Okay, I'm going to have to look him up on IMDb. Go around to Mrs. Doubtfire. Let's go with that. Doubt. I'm, I'm excited to see who this is, because I was just like, who is this person with this magnificently scratchy voice? <laughs> right? It's just like, like, ah, man, I don't even know. Like, if it, I, I remember thinking, like, oh, his voice, it's like he said, I will use this voice. I will use this voice to make a career. I will use I- it for fame and fortune. Okay. And minor annoyance. <laughs> Harvey Firestein. Yep. No, don't know who he is. <laughs> He's that, probably really that, famous too. <laughs> I mean, that, that's him. That's definitely him. Um, but ah, uh, he's he. His eyes are so kind. I'm just looking at his IMDb. All right, so that that ends the Harvey Firestein uh, segment of the podcast. So let's give you guys some history. So the idea of the movie came from uh, the director, David Emmerich and um, Delvin when they were promoting their film Stargate. So this movie came after Stargate Um, and a reporter asked Emmerich why he made a film with content so much like Stargate. If he didn't believe in aliens and he basically said he was just fascinated with the idea of aliens coming to earth and then um, said, Let's make a movie out of it. And um, and so they kind of went on a larger scale attack of, like, what if, like, this fleet of aliens? Because usually I feel like in most alien movies it's just like, okay, there's this one ship that just shows up and it's going to take over Earth. But, like, all of these alien ships, like, showing up across the globe, I know, especially in, like, 1996, has not really happened like that. Mm-hmm. Um and the movie like did crazy uh, a lot of crazy things that i feel like aren't as or that are very common nowadays so like when they blew up the white house that was like something that was just unheard of and like all these national monuments being blown up was huge for its time um and at the time it had a record 3000 plus special effect shots um, that were required for the film and it just, it broke a ton of records. Um, the movie overall, uh, did pretty, actually very well in the box <laughs> office. Um, it made, uh, 30 million, um, over six weeks, um, and was released on VHS November 22nd, um, and on DVD June 27th. That feels, and, uh, like a, it feels like a misstep. I feel like they should have put out, you know, the DVDs and stuff out on July 4th. Yeah, well, that's the thing. They, they're trying to shoot for a uh, July 4th release, but it happened on the 2nd. Mm. Uh, anyway, carry <laughs> on. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, the opening weekend movie got a 96 million during the five-day holiday weekend. It wasn't actually on the day, but... During the holiday weekend. Um, 
and it was amazing. This is actually Will Smith's first big breakout from the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Actually, his second, because uh, I uh, Will being a Will Smith aficionado, uh, Will Smith actually did some really obscure British film as like his first project outside of Fresh Prince of Bel Air. Was it the one where he had to be a gay man? Is that the one? No. No, I think this one, he was like, he was, I remember him being like a butler or something. He was like a young butler, but that was like his first project outside of Fresh Prince. So it was like a very serious, almost like going for the Oscar kind of award. Um, But then after this movie, people were like, oh, Will Smith, he's more than the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. He's a star. And so, (laughs) and so he's basically, um, it's theorized, it's been rumored I don't know where I've heard this, but um, it's been said that because of Independence Day, he pretty much all his other movies are released in July as part of his contract to say, listen, I did well in the summer box office. So if I'm going to be a part of a movie, it better come out during the summer in July seasons. And uh, that's about it for the uh, brief uh, bridge history of some of the facts about <laughs> Independence Day. Um, so now let's go ahead and go into our reactions. So, uh, when was the last time you actually saw this movie? Okay, so I mean, I did research for the podcast. So literally today, and <laughs> also two days ago, I decided to get a refresher after I watched it. After, you know, we talked about doing it. So, uh, but before before I did the research for the, for the podcast, last time I saw this movie was. Literally, when it came out. <laughs> yeah. Like, I literally remember seeing it as a, as a kid, because, I mean, I think all black kids growing up wanted to be Will Smith. If you watched The Fresh Prince, you're like, you wanted to be Will Smith so, so much that anything he did was awesome. When I saw he was in a movie, I had to see it, so I wanted to go see it. And, yeah, that's pretty much my history with the movie. But So, I get, I feel like I, I saw this with very, very new eyes, because, like, you know, when I saw it the first time I was a kid, now I'm looking at it as an adult, and I'm seeing all these different things that I just didn't really pay attention to before, like I said earlier, which will delve into a little bit deeper. But, you know, when's the last time you saw it, saw it Ricky? Last time I saw it had to have been, goodness, I want to say, like, 2004. <laughs> like, that oh, was man. probably, that was probably the last time I saw it. Um, and it was, I just remember getting um super excited about seeing it because again like will smith could do no wrong like i wanted to be him i like i i was a huge fan still am a huge fan of will smith's music like every single album i own um anytime he like had a song that was attached to a movie i was just like this is a perfect movie, no matter what anyone says. I remember when Hitch came out, and I was like, "Oh mm. man, he didn't do a song for this movie." See, I dang it! I remember when uh, the Men in Black Three came out, and he had Pitbull do, do um, the song, and I was like, mm-hmm. "What are you doing? Yep. Why? What are you doing? <laughs> why, why? Why? Why?" Like, I, I'll be honest. Like, I love the you know, "Here Come the Men in Black." You know, that was my favorite song. And then when they did the other one, the uh, the Black Suits Coming, whatever that one was. That was a really good one, too. And I was like, all yeah. right, what's it going to do now? What's coming up next? We brought the shades, right? We brought the shades. And it was just Pitbull. Yep. Like, he wasn't even in the thing. I think he retired from music briefly after that. I don't know what the album was called, but it was the one that... Lost and it. Found. Lost and Found. There you go. And fr- frankly, I love that album, actually. I thought it was really, it, really good. It's one of my favorite albums. Like, yeah, I get, it I, is such a great, 
Oh, yeah. I mean, I get it that, like, Will Smith was, like, going with a harder edge. You know, he's trying to be, like, you know, a little bit tougher than usual. But I feel like he needed to. He was getting, he was getting like, beat up on so much. People were making fun of him. They were, like, acting like he wasn't black anymore because he was, you know, accepted by Hollywood, accepted by white people, too. And I feel like he just wanted to respond to that, like, yo, you know, I'm still who I am. And I can also be this other guy, too. And I can also be, you know, a little street. Like, when he was big in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, his whole appeal was that he was the street guy that, you know, came up and grew up and, you know, learned from the surroundings how to survive, but also learn from his new surroundings as well. And I feel like that whole thing just turned and flipped the table on him when it's a, a little weird thing I always thought about before, you know, in general. But I feel like it got, it's weird because all of a sudden Will Smith, who was the cool one, became the Carlton in real life. Interesting. Because people kind of huh. viewed him as like, kind of like whitewashed and not cool and not hip anymore. And I think that's what kind of drove him away from doing the music soundtracks. Because mm. he, he didn't, he didn't want the criticism anymore. He's like, you know what? I don't have to deal with it anymore. I'm just going to, you know, make the movies and I'm going to do what I want to do and not have to deal with you people. And if you don't want me to make music anymore, I won't make it. I still wish we will come back to doing that, but I don't know. Oh, man. I would, man, if Will Smith were to say, hey, guys, I want to do a Kickstarter to, like, go back on tour Mm-hmm. I would get a second mortgage on my home <laughs> to fund that because I would love to see Will Smith perform live. I man, it, yeah. Anyway, this ends part one of what I assume will be many parts of the Will Smith appreciation. Oh yeah, wait, wait, wait. wait. Before, we, before we end it, before we end, it, I want to say one thing. So I feel like this is gonna be very punny. So a part of me here, but I feel like there might be a resurgence of Will Smith to soundtracks. <laughs> Because he's going to be, I did it, he's going to be in the uh, 21 Jump Street sequel, where they do MIB 21 Jump Street, and I feel like that movie is so silly that he can actually get away with doing it. So, just think about it, just, just, Will, if you ever hear this, sir, Mr. Smith, just consider being self-mocking for a moment, and come back to the world of movie soundtracks. Alright, now we can end it. Alright, let's just go, we can go into the rest of the stuff. Transition, yes. transition. Love it, love it, so, love it. I just wanted to say that. <laughs> yeah, the, um, I think the thing I was most impressed with in this movie is I didn't realize that this was uh, basically a disaster movie. Um, and I know, like, and I feel, I've seen a couple of, like, event slash disaster movies, but it's where you see movies where it's about the event that's happening and how people are responding to it, but it's not about, like, a single character going through all these different things. It's like, hey, so here are all the players in the game. Here's how they're responding to that event. Um, I guess kind of like how Godzilla 2000 was <laughs> was like an event movie. Or like how... What's that one? Oh, yeah, like the San Marcos... San... San, San Andreas? Thank you. San Andreas. Um how San Andreas is like a, an event movie, just like, oh man, let's see how Dwayne Johnson gets out of this crazy adventure. Earthquake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I think like when you, uh, when I actually, so I had to get this movie from YouTube uh, to watch it. So uh, underneath the movie, there was um, the, was it the end of tomorrow or the day after tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Whatever that one was with John Cusack, whatever. That was a big, like, big disaster movie, but it was focused primarily on his character. I did, I did like this one. Did a really good job of kind of being diverse and like giving us, you know, a point by point of who everybody was and where they were and how each thing affected them and where they were even in their lives mentally. How like you know Will Smith was like, 
you know, I really want to be, you know, I really want to, um, you know, go to NASA, but I'm dating a stripper, so that's not going to work out, which I still don't really understand entirely. Yeah, Just, it, yeah, I was like, wait a second, so, like, what is NASA's screening process? It's like, oh, okay, well, Mr. Smith, uh, you seem to be great, um, you know, your conditions are great, you, you served, uh, our Air Force, it's great, uh, oh, I'm so sorry, uh... Because your girlfriend's a stripper, I just ah, it's NASA protocol. Listen, I mean, we just, like, here's the thing: why did they, why do you have to write that down? Why do you have to let them know that she's a stripper? Like, why is that part of it? Like, when I go for jobs, they don't say, "So, sir, uh, what does your girlfriend do?" I know, I know, you're the one coming to this job every single day and doing this hard work. But what is your girlfriend doing with her life? Oh, she works at J.C. Penny. I don't think it's gonna work. Ah, uh, so sorry. Oh, so close. You're super qualified, though. Super qualified. I was like, one of the things, like, it, well, it, it took me out of the movie for a second. I was like, I'm sorry. What? Really? So, like, I, so I said this earlier, but like, I didn't realize that she was a stripper. And then they had the one scene where she is being a stripper, and. That was really it. They didn't really have a reason to do it other than the fact that Vivica Fox was hot and she was, like, very... Not, she's not attractive now, but she was very, like, hot in Hollywood, you know, at the point, and they wanted an excuse to put someone hot in Hollywood and their bra and panties in a movie. I think that's what they wanted. I think that's they wrote it in there for that reason because it didn't play any significant role in the actual movie. Yeah, I had to check the DVD. I was just like, did Michael Bay direct this? this <laughs> I... Oh, he did... Okay, all right, well... Just check it. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I had the exact same reaction. I was like, okay, and this, I guess this is the, uh, the that scene that they have in the trailer to show people, hey, look, the world's the world's ending, and what are these poor strippers going to do? Find <laughs> out. ID4. Um, but, yeah, it, it was it was interesting. I felt like, the, like those stories i felt like they spent the most time on um backstory when they were cutting to all these different people on will smith and vivica like on their relationship because everything else was directly tied into like oh mr president there's this mm-hmm. thing happening or hey scientist jeff goldblum uh, this thing is happening everyone else had a response and then it's just like hey will smith what are you doing ah waking up ah, picking up the newspaper Oh, look, a thing. I'm also in the Air Force. I'm also Will Smith. I'm also in this movie. Uh, and Vivica A. Fox is like, oh, she's a stripper. And that's important because you need to know about her friend that's going to this party. Like, like they, yeah. I don't know, just, they spent the most time on them and just, like, giving them more, like, look at these people who are doing these things. Also, there's this other thing happening. But she's a stripper and he wants to be an astronaut. Look, it felt like they were just trying to like, uh, make that play that up more. I would say for sure. But I feel like besides that, um, besides that, I think the movie was just, I was, I jumped a couple of different times. Uh, the action was, it held up really, really well. It did. I feel like I did. I did say that when I was watching the movie, I was like, you know, these special effects, could have been done this year. A lot of them. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, a lot of them too are probably not just you know um, computer graphics. They have a lot of practical effects too, and those tend to stand up over time. Like the aliens, those are practical effects. So yeah, yeah, like that was really really solid. Like I was genuinely, af- genuinely afraid watching this movie, and I'm like, 
Why am I afraid? I know what year this came out. I know it's a movie. <laughs> and I'm watching it on my phone. Why is this making me afraid? I think an uh, interesting thing about the uh, the actual aliens is that the, um, the design of the alien... Uh, basically, this person put up two mock-ups for aliens. And he liked them both so much that he said... Do both of them. <laughs> Make it like a giant alien inside, or little alien inside of like a bigger alien exoskeleton. And so they got those aliens. Oh, really? So basically the aliens were designed by Patrick Tatopoulos. Uh, they wanted to create an alien that was familiar and completely original. And he kind of came up with like two mock-ups. And <laughs> the director liked it so much he said... Both? Can we do both? Let's make it both. And so it was like a tiny alien inside of a bigger alien exoskeleton. Um, and that's that's how that alien thing happened. I mean, I, yeah. feel like, I, mean I, feel, I feel like the um, the alien design, the exoskeleton, is the bigger one, reminded me a lot of Predator, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot. Like, down to the dreads, even. And, but Yeah. I mean, but at the same time, it's like, I don't know, like... In my, in my mind, when I'm watching the movie, when they were um, doing the, um, we call it the incision on the table before mm-hmm. things went crazy, I was thinking like, well, what if they just don't know alien physiology and the aliens' actual bodies are the exoskeleton housing inside the like the biomechanical part, and they're just you know talking out of their butts because you don't actually know cause they're not from here, right? Um, yeah, I thought that was, um, I, I remember as a kid, I thought that it was Predator. And, like, for a really long time until I rewatched it, I was like, oh, that's not a Predator monster? Like, I thought it was, like, in the same universe. Hmm. Um, but we can get to that later with uh, Headcanon. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 I was just super impressed. Like, the, I think the practical effects um, mixed with the... Uh, visual effects i i just think that they did a really solid job now there are certain scenes where i guess you can kind of see the strings hanging kind of thing but Mm. besides that i mean for the most part i'm just like how did they do that like when they were like destroying all the like just a montage of every national building getting destroyed i'm like how did they even make that like i i was trying to figure out like are these miniatures like i i i mean i guess to some degree like i'm just like looking at like I, I saw the White House, but this is, oh man, they did a really good job. Yeah, like, is it still there? Like, like who knows? I do remember the scene when, uh, when Will Smith and Vivica Fox first, like, noticed the, uh, the ship outside their, their window, and it was, like, huge and imposing, and I just, the first thing I thought was, like, A, this looks really, really good, B, I kind of look out my window to see if it's not, like, just, like, sitting out there, and... <laughs> On top of that, I, mean, I don't know, I just feel like this is a fear that was created by that ship just, like, hanging and hovering around was, like, really, really, really well done. It could have easily been, like, really cheesy and really, really bad, and they did a really good job of playing the realism of, like, mm-hmm. this whole event. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I just loved how natural a lot of the characters were responding to everything. Um, I really, I believed all the actions, like, you know, nowadays, especially when we watch a ton of movies, uh, we see a lot of like, oh, this is just a movie cliche, like, mm-hmm. oh, they're doing the thing, but like all the characters felt real and that everyone felt like they were responding organically. And oh, I really yeah. like that. Well, also there was one, there was one scene in particular that I felt like betrays that statement actually. Just yeah. one. Uh, there's a scene when, you know, the aliens come down and they're shooting and blasting stuff and things are blowing up and everything's going to hell. And the the, the the kid, remember the kid? He had a dog. 
And the dog jumped out the way. Boomer. And yeah, and it's Boomer! And he like <laughs> literally jumps the, through the flames and does the actual, the actual like action movie cliche of jumping away from fire. And he makes it. Boomer. Was, I was like, yes. nothing I wanted Boomer to die. I didn't want Boomer to die, but I was just like, dude, that's not real. This is has a, an actual movie cliche, and the dog's doing it. Yep. Oh, man. That's one of my favorite. Um, I don't know if you guys are fans of the Nostalgia Critic. Highly recommend it. Um, but in his review of Independence Day, um, in, during that scene, he created his trope of anytime there's an animal in the scene, um, you see this danger happening. You see all these animals run around. And then he started this uh, trend of like, Boomer, but what about Boomer? Boomer will live. And then you just see him, you're like, ah! And so I just, I notice that now in movies because there is this hearsay about the uh, Motion Pictures uh, Association of America, MPAA, everyone who is in charge of making movie ratings, is that like in a PG-13 movie, if you show a kid or an animal in danger, you have to show that they live, basically. There's like this unspoken rule that that's like qualified i think i don't know if that's a still a rule but it's something that like if you watch a lot of movies you start picking up on so like anytime there's like oh no this dog notices that is notices that like something dangerous is happening you'll almost always see the dog in safety like oh mm-hmm. oh good boomer lived <laughs> so you'll have that kind of moment well not in john wick have you seen that movie oh sorry <laughs> how dare you I said I said PG thirteen. Oh, sorry. Never mind. I'm oh, an adult now. I, I forget about PG thirteen movies. I don't even look at ratings anymore. I'm just like, oh, it's a movie. I can see it. I don't have to care about I, it anymore. You just kick the door down. It's like two for whatever is in. Like, Whatever's uh, playing, I don't care. I can watch it. I don't care what it is. I'm gonna watch it. Showgirls three, Oblivion <laughs> Strikes Back. Oh yeah, let's do it. Oh yeah. Let's go. <laughs> I, I, uh, but, um, in reality, I've never actually seen Showgirls, so if you ever do that, you know, on the podcast, I can't help. But <laughs> okay, noted. Uh, another interesting movie uh, is like the marketing. So the marketing for this movie was like I'd say ninety percent footage of the White House getting blown up. <laughs> like it, I think it's like maybe almost an hour into the movie before that actually happens. But like in every trailer, I remember seeing the White House getting blown up. And, like, that was the marketing for the movie. Um, and like we said before, is, like, that's that was not really done in a lot of movies. Now, basically, every single movie that involves um, Gerard Butler, it seems, um, <laughs> the White House is getting blown up in some shape, way, or form. Um, and it is... And I, I love the marketing, because I found the poster, <laughs> and it's my favorite poster, maybe ever made. And it said... Um, Independence Day, ID4, with a shot of the White House getting blown up, and it says, don't make plans for August. And I, it just, I loved it. Okay, that's kind of cool. I like that, actually. That's one of my all-time favorite uh, movie posters. It's just like, oh, all right, I guess I won't make plans for August. What are you like, that? Were there any, like, fast food tie-ins? Like, you know how, like, uh, Batman had, like, the McDonald's thing and he had the cups and yeah. the stuff and the toys? Were there any, like, were there, that, that happen? Uh, that's actually a really good question. Um, 
I don't think so. But that would have been really interesting. Like, you know, like a little, like, the alien toys and then little Will Smith toys with the face that isn't really his face, but it's close enough. I don't know. Oh, my I gosh. Just, I tend to always think about that kind of stuff just because, like, I love marketing and I love the idea that, like, nowadays every single, like, movie that could be aimed at kids and adults gets a serial or gets, like, something random like that. So I actually saw at GameStop the other day, they have a Will Smith who plays Steve uh, or Captain Steve Hiller pop figure. So they have like a Will Smith pop figure of him from Independence Day, which now that I described it again, I will go out and buy for myself. The one thing I feel like they didn't do right or they, they missed the opportunity was... They didn't give this a animated series because I feel like Stargate got an animated series, Godzilla got an yep, animated series, sure and I'm not talking about like the original Godzilla because that was actually like interesting. But like the new Godzilla with Matthew Broderick yep. got an animated series, but no Independence Day animated series. I, just, I don't understand why. I mean, I guess kids didn't care much about politics, but it'd be kind of cool to see like I don't know like the like those same characters have to go and fight the aliens again, but I guess we don't have to worry about that because there's resurgence. There it is. Alright, so um interestingly enough, uh I don't know if you recognize this, but the president's daughter is Mae Whitman, who is also known as Anne from Arrested Development and Karai from Avatar the Last Airbender. I did not know that at all. Yep. Yeah. So the little girl who's like has the little bear that she has, that is the little baby Karai. You know, I I, I thought a few times in the movie uh, the 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 son of the guy who got taken by the aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought I saw like I can never I never say his name right, so do not hate me, anybody out there. Justin uh, Gordon just, Lovett. Yes, I always call him Jason or something else. <laughs> but yeah, okay, I, cool. I thought it was him too. I thought it was him too. I was like. Wait a second. I didn't know he was in this movie. But nope. It was a lie. Yeah. I do like that one scene in the... Uh, before we can transition out of this. I like that one scene, though, where uh, they like, like the one kid, he's like, they're teenagers. He's with the daughter. And he's like, all right, he goes, so... He goes, you know, the world's gonna end. You don't want to die a virgin, do you? And, that's, and she's literally okay with it. She's like, yeah, you're right. I probably don't. Then the brother stops him. <laughs> but I'm just like, you know... That's what I'd be doing. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you can find Chris over on the Black Man Answers podcast, answering all your questions. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. That's actually that's pretty fitting, though. I'm just saying, like, I, I do feel like that was, like, probably one of the most, one of the parts that I felt was a little bit unrealistic was that, like, no one was really like, hey, I should go have sex one last time. I do think people should have been trying to do that. Just to, to throw a little bit of realism into it beyond just the kids. It should just be the teenagers. It should be the adults, too. Yeah, <laughs> like the scientists are like, eh, this might be the last time. And they go, listen, it'll take 15 minutes, the world will still be here, and we can just figure <laughs> it out later. It's cool. Don't worry about it, babe. It's cool. But nope, everyone's on the mission, like, oh, we gotta save the world so we can do it later, whatever. <laughs> oh, man. Last thing I'll <laughs> say about the movie that I thought was amazing is how Jeff Goldblum's laptop, which I guarantee you could not hold a charge for that long, was able to destroy the aliens' defenses. Um, yeah, it was just like oh, 
Oh yeah, no, this is. I'm just imagining. Wait a second, Wi-Fi is not even a thing. What are you even connecting this to? Like, do you, like I'm just like completely overthinking I that mean, whole moment. I mean, okay, okay, okay. To be fair, he's he's working like in a government facility, and he seems to be a pretty smart guy. I'm sure he's rigged something to like modify Wi-Fi. Let's just pretend like it's, it's true. Yeah, I, I, feel I'll, like I'll he, I feel like he. I feel like he had something, or he had like an extra strong battery that lasted like three days. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, jump- no, I, yeah, he does have like that thing attached to the back of it. It's probably an extra battery. Way to go! I, I am, I am interested in seeing like, uh, like how his life upgrades in the next movie, like mm-hmm. just, in, just in general. But anyway, I'll dig that later in another yeah. segment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome to our next segment. Segment uh, where we tell you the segments we have planned for the show. Um, but yeah, I uh, that, just that whole moment. I was just like, oh. All right. I'll, I guess I'll just accept that that's how computers work. I mean, uh, we're also talking about a movie where aliens came to take over the Earth. So, just gonna throw that out there. Listen, they already what? have. They already have. <laughs> I mean, I believe so. Whatever. Aliens. All right. So, uh, now we're going to go to uh, one of my favorite segments of the show called headcanon yeah where we share our unique ideas about the movie and untold stories based on evidence provided by the movie now one interesting thing about this movie is that there are a ton of actors one of which is of course bill pullman and one of the movies that we reviewed before was um sleepless in seattle where meg ryan is actually dating bill pullman a really young bill pullman and so my headcanon is that it's in that same universe um, so after she dumped him, he then set his sights on politics and became the president of the United States and headcanon solid. It works. And there's this other idea that, um, Will Smith is the same. I, I really, I really want to justify him being the Fresh Prince Will Smith. Um, now he... His name is Captain Steve Hiller, right? Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, is, <laughs> now, Steve Hiller, Hillary Banks. Now, I would say that, like, after Fresh Prince of Bel-Air happened, he said, you know what? I love my family, but I'm going to go to the military under a new name. And he went with... The first name of one of his good friends, Steve Urkel. So he said, Steve Hiller, Hillary Banks, because him and Hillary were tight. And then he became a pilot, served in the military, and started a whole new life. Because they did live in Los Angeles, which is close to Bel Air. Okay. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, you have to do one. Yeah, if you I have mean, any headcan, anything that kind of like any dots okay. you could connect. All right, so I do feel I have two things that I want to talk about. Uh, one of them is that I don't believe that uh, Steve Jeff. I always call him. Why do I call him Steve? What's with me and the Steves? <laughs> the Jeff Goldblum's character. I believe that he was actually a double sleeper agent working for the aliens. Initially, ah. for it's and it's gonna come to it's all gonna come to fruition in his next movie, because the real Jeff Goldblum, which I know he's not really Jeff Goldblum, but he's still playing the archetype of a character that Jeff Goldblum plays, didn't stutter at all in his movie. He didn't go mm. with his you know his infamous um um 
hmm, hmm, you know, you talk like a normal person. And so I feel like he was replaced by one of the aliens wearing a different exosuit to look like humans. And I think that some of them are planted throughout the entire movie as humans working for and in the government. Because some of the characters seem to have these, like, you know, these kind of uh, wishy-washy motivations or, like, they would at times, I can't think of the guy's name, but he was, um, I'm going to call him the Secretary of Defense, but he probably wasn't. Uh, the the guy who's now in those commercials, he's like an older guy, the white guy with the balding. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's he Stephen Stevens. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he seemed like he knew about stuff but didn't tell them anything. For some reason, they had his big cover up. I think he was in cahoots with Jeff Goldblum, who knew that he had to kill some of his people to actually get the real plan going, where they could actually be effective once they figured out how our defenses worked and what we were going to do to fight back. So mm. we'll find on the next movie how this all plays out. But this entire movie was a ploy for the aliens to figure out how humans are going to battle in an intergalactic war. And now that we know all their secrets and we're embedded in their, you know, their, all their stuff, we can take mm. them down from the inside out. That is one of my head cannons. Wow. That's, okay? that's interesting. Yeah. I think that I like stuff like that. And I, do you have anything to say about that one? Or do you want to just jump my other one? I have a, Another one. Oh That's yeah, weird. please jump into another one. Okay. So my other headcanon is that the aliens were actually the predator. Like, like you know how we all seem like, oh, yeah. that's predator. That's totally predator. Be- and so that's because the predator is an actual thing in the ID four universe, and it was modeled after that. But in reality, the idea came from the first alien that came to Earth that they first captured, and someone was like, hmm, I like that design. Oh. I'm going to go make movie pictures. And he made movie <laughs> pictures featuring the Predator, which is really an alien. And that's pretty much it. So Predator came from the concept of the actual alien that they found in the movie ID4. Nice. It can confirmed. I like that. Um, I'm going to go in the uh, vein of Doctor Who. There is an alien <laughs> in Doctor Who called The Silence. Um, mm. And they look like kind of traditional aliens. Like they have these really big heads... Uh, with really sunken in eyes that like look like the typical alien eyeballs, mm-hmm. um, but they anytime you look at them, you can see them. But when you look away, you forget because that's like part of their psychic powers. Like anytime you don't look away, every time you look away, you immediately forget them. So, I think that um, by connecting those two universes together, that. Doctor Who takes place in the same universe as ID4 because that alien, the queen was like grabbing that guy by the neck and it's just like release me! I was just like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I think that's very silency. Hmm. So I'll throw this out there too since we're going to jump uh, fandoms. I'm going to say that the alien could possibly also be a rogue Pokemon called Kabutops. <laughs> if you look at it, it looks just like a Kabutops. looks just like it. And it spells like it sounds? Spells like it spells just like it sounds. So I think that the aliens not only want our resources and want us to die, because they come from a different universe altogether, not even just a different planet, but a different universe altogether, where Pokemon are real, they were tired of being enslaved, so they escaped and they put on exosuits, and they were just fighting back to get the humanity like away from the people that like stole their humanity, quote unquote. And so their exosuits are their new versions of Pokeballs that actually allow them to have control. And so they're coming down here to rain down doom upon us because we wanted to train them and be their friend. Wow. Kabutops. 
Cabo only but the, the Cabo Tops is the only one who wanted to do it because they're the only ones that were able to break free of the Pokemon slavery. Poke power. Oh my gosh, you're right. It does look like Cabo Tops. It does. And they, ca- K- and they come from fossils. K- yeah, K-A-B-U-T-O-P-S. It looks almost exactly like a Pokemon. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. That's my first head cannon. Solid head cannon. That head cannon is strong enough to blow up an alien mothership. <laughs> Boom. Uh, <laughs> uh, now we're going to switch over to the segment uh, where we talk about recast and remakes. Uh, Ooh, yeah. Now, the movie, it's not being necessarily remade. Right. Um, it, this is a sequel. So. Right. If this movie were to be remade, um, who would you cast? Would you cast differently? Would you even cast in 1996 or or even modern day? Mm, wow! I'm gonna. I'll start with this. The entire time, I love Bill Pullman. Bill Pullman just does a fantastic performance. The entire time I'm watching the movie, I'm like, I would love to see Barack Obama just go into acting and just play the president in every single movie from here on out. Yes. That would be amazing. It's like, uh, we will not uh, go quietly into the night. Uh, We will not uh, give up without fight. Uh, This will be our independence day. Yeah. Like I just, I just want to see him do that. I think he could, and the thing is, I think he could actually do it. Of all the presidents we've had, I think that he could actually pull that off. I know that Ronald Reagan was an actor before he was the president. Yeah. I still think that Barack Obama has some pretty decent chops, and I would love to see him get out there and do it rock style. You know, take over action films, take over president films. Like, telling it's, it's going to be a future. Go, I really, he's younger than Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman's going to die soon, and someone has to replace him. Why not Barack Obama? Let's yeah. So <laughs> I'm just imagining Dragon Ball Z, where like they fuse together. <laughs> <laughs> Barack Obama uh, we, becomes a new guardian of Earth. We are Morgan Obama. <laughs> uh, yeah, I would just love for a Barack Obama. Like once he once he ends his presidency, he just uh, goes into becomes the next action movie star. <laughs> I would just love nothing more than that, where he only plays the president in every movie. I would think I would probably recast the uh, president's wife actually. With Jennifer Lawrence, just because, oh, really? of, yeah, just I just want just want to see her die in a movie. I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jennifer Lawrence. I love you. Uh, oh goodness! <laughs> and if I can't Thanks. have you, no well, J Law does film. listen. <laughs> well, J Law does definitely listen to our podcast. So. Okay. Well, well. Anyway, J Law. Uh, don't die in any more movies. Uh, sorry that I said that. I was just kidding. I was trying to be charming. You know how boys pull your hair and they like you. I like you. Anyway, um, <laughs> who else would I reach? I don't know. You know, like, to be honest, this is my, this is a really weird choice. I love Will Smith, but I felt like in the movie he was almost too Will Smith. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I know it's his first No such thing okay, exists. Okay, there, there is a such thing. He does this thing where he just, like, even he, like, when he punches the uh, alien in the face, and he's like, uh, <laughs> oh, he goes, uh, welcome to Earth. That was a Will Smith delivery. Like, no one else would do it like yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. It was it was a Will Smith delivery. Flawless. <laughs> Flawlessly cheesy. Like, no, I feel like, I don't know. Perfect. I want to replace Will Smith. Can I just say that? You, you can say it. You can, okay, say, can it. say it. All right, cool. I, I will, will allow Smith. it. 
And I'm, because I'm playing the race card, I'm going to, I decided to do that right now. I'm going to play some with another black person. And who do you think I would like to see play in that role? Okay. Just take one guess. Um, Michael Jr. In, no. I'm oh, sorry, uh, sorry, not Michael Jr. Uh, Michael B. Michael Jordan. B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. No. Uh, Blair Underwood. Blair <laughs> Underwood. Blair Underwood. I can, Blair no, I Underwood. can see that. I'm just saying, Blair Underwood would absolutely kill it. He wouldn't punch the thing in the face, though, and then smoke a cigar. He'd just punch it in the face and be smooth about it. I don't know. Like, <laughs> some, of things, some of the things that Will Smith did were just, like, so, like, obnoxious. And I'm just like, all right, you're playing Will Smith in, you know, 1996. When he was in Bad Boys, he was the same character. He's the same guy that he is in all of the movies. I think Blair Underwood uh, would have just absolutely dominated in the role. If you don't know, Blair Underwood did also play the president in a uh, TV show on NBC I used to watch. I don't know what called it's called. Called The anymore. Event. The Event. Yes, thank you. And he was so dope as the president. And I'm he just was. like, man, you would make a really good action movie star like a few years ago. We weren't older. So I just wish that he would have at least went that route. Because I can see him punching the alien in the face. And like, pow! And he's like, welcome to Earth. Would you like <laughs> some biscuits? <laughs> Oh yeah, I I actually I can see Michael B. Jordan because he the Will Smith Will Smith's role was like a somewhat young yeah like actor so like to fill to fill to fill those shoes of that script I would have recast uh, Michael B. Jordan um, instead of Vivica A. Fox um, I would have cast who would I cast Gabrielle Union <laughs> I'm just thinking random black people that I know. Uh, uh, I would pick, uh, you know, Medea, uh, you know, some other, uh, Janet Jackson, <laughs> Holly, not Halle Berry. I bet Halle Berry was, I almost guarantee you, Halle Berry was out for that role. I almost guarantee you she was, and she didn't get it, or if it was, she turned it down, then we took it. Yeah, I would say, for, actually, you know who'd be great? Kiki Palmer. Ooh. Kiki Palmer or Kerry Washington? Except, uh, except I don't, I don't. Go ahead, sorry. I was just going to say, I, except Kerry Washington, I feel like would be if she was if it were to be remade now. If they just basically said, let's just take the script and make it today. It would be Kerry Washington, but Kerry Washington would have a much larger role in the movie. Yeah, and I don't think she'd be a stripper. To be honest, I think they would have written that differently. I don't know. I just I don't. I know that, that like she can be sexy. I think she is very sexy as a woman, but I just don't see her. Portraying a stripper, I don't. I don't know why. Don't what about Megan Good? Ooh, yes, absolutely. Okay, yeah, Megan Good. Okay, Megan Good, hands down, yeah. confirmed. And then <laughs> <laughs> confirmed. I would. I would say Jeff Goldblum. You know the guy who played um, Mr. Fantastic in the failed Fantastic Four movie. Mm-hmm. Him. Hmm. Uh, Miles mm-hmm. Teller. Miles Teller. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah, Miles Teller. I think that he would be a great. Uh, Jeff Goldblum role because he can he he can kind of play with his age and mm-hmm. I think that he can play neurotic really well. You know what's funny when you said the failed Fantastic Four movie, I thought about the first one, like the first first one. Not now, no, no, the second first one. Yeah, like and like all right, and I was like that guy, he's he was good in that TV show, but I don't know. But okay, that's what you mean, Mouse Teller. Mouse Teller is kind of obnoxious sometimes though when he over, when he overdoes it. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I, I think I think he, especially for that role, because 
Jeff Goldblum's role can he he can go to, like mm-hmm. I felt like Jeff Goldblum like being drunk was maybe one of my favorite scenes. Yeah, that was like, maybe really if we destroy funny. this planet enough, they won't want it. I'm just like, oh, Jeff Goldblum, you're playing. They can a destroy drunk the person. planet. We can go and do this. <laughs> Range. Uh, yeah. I guess but, I wasn't good enough. <laughs> Yeah, and then, um, and I would have to say for the daughter, um, season one Luke from Modern Family. Oh, yeah, before his voice changed and he got less awkward. Agreed. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Let's just switch those genders. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I think those are the major roles that I would change. Pretty much everyone else can say the same. (laughs) Everyone reprise your roles. Just Actually, I would get rid of the guy who talks like this and replace him with Gilbert Gottfried. <laughs> you would replace the guy who talks like this to the guy who talks like this. I've that's never done really, a Gilbert Gottfried That's really good. Before. Oh my god. Can I do a Gilbert Gottfried impression? Dude, oh my god. That was really good. That was like Iago all day, son. I've never. Oh my goodness. I have an ability. <laughs> I just discovered I could do Gilbert Godfrey. Oh, weird. Wait. Okay. Do it again, just for the podcast. <laughs> I'm awesome. Gilbert Godfrey, and I want to... Oh, my goodness. I can't believe I can really do this. Oh. Guys, I've got to go. See, <laughs> like, I'm an actual fan of his. I love Iago in the um, Aladdin cartoon and in the movies as well. And then I just followed his stand-up. And he's actually really funny, despite the voice. Yeah, I don't know, man. But yeah, anyway, so I just try to find roles to give him at all points, even though I'm not a <laughs> casting director. Just like, yeah. man, they're they're uh, they're doing a um, you know Assassin's Creed movie. Gilbert Gottfried, <laughs> boom. God of War movie. Gilbert Gottfried, all day. Just put him in there. Oh my goodness, that's amazing. I love it. Um, <laughs> um. I, okay, so now we're going to go to another segment, uh, okay, a new okay. segment that I'm just making up, uh, cool. called What Would You Do? Based off of the popular TV show, What Would You Do? Um, we're going to basically say, put ourselves in the scenario of the movie happening, and we put we put ourselves there. Like, what would we Ooh. do if... I like this a lot, Ricky. I like it, too. Like, I was thinking, hmm, what would I do if I was, like, if aliens just showed up? Like, would I be the first wave of people? Would I be the people who, like, stayed behind? It's like, well, maybe this thing will blow over. Um, And, or, like, would I be one of the people who's like, well, I need to be brave and tell these people that these aliens are making a pattern. Like, I was just trying to figure out where I would be in the situation. So, Chris, if aliens were attacking today in the style of Independence Day, what would you do? I would literally run <laughs> like anywhere that wasn't wherever they're attacking. Um, I don't, I don't see things. I'm not a scientist. I don't have resources like that. And I don't have any, you know, what's the word? Um, bravery or pride. <laughs> I just want to be, I just want to be alive. So I just want to survive. And so I've always like thought about the uh, zombie apocalypse. Like what would I do? And I'm like, I would get up in a, in a high area because zombies have, like, limbs that don't work as strongly as ours. And whatever high area I am, high altitude, of course, I just have my shotgun and whatever food I need and just shooting from a corner. You get near me, you're gone. You get near me, you're gone. Zombies, <laughs> not real people. So, anyway, so aliens are attacking. I am going to try my best to get out 
as quickly as possible. And if I'm stuck in traffic, I'm like, okay, that, okay, that idea's not going to work. What else can I do? What is a place that no one wants to attack? The answer is the hood. So I'm moving back to the hood, <laughs> and I'm just going to be the guy that lives in the hood. And I'm like, hey, guys, I, I live here now, and this is reality. I, I don't know. I want to save people. I do. Like, I, I'm all about helping people, but with the resources that I have and the abilities that I have, and I just don't have any other things that would actually you know, be worth anyone's time. So I'm sorry to say I'd be trying to book it as quickly as possible to the safest place as I could. And yeah. I probably wound up dead because of it because that's why I'm in movies. Oh, yeah. Well, I think, like, the movie taught me one important thing. Um, mm-hmm. Don't live in a major city. Yeah. <laughs> Don't like, live anywhere that anyone cares about. Right, because, like, at first, usually it's just New York, which I really appreciate this movie for saying, no, this is, like, around the world in all the major cities. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's great. Even, even H-Town got a shout-out. Anyone yeah. from H-Town? I was like, oh, yeah, they're in Houston. I'm like, yay! Yeah, um, we can be destroyed! <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> the, um, but, yeah, just move to Utah. Like, that, I feel like, like that's the thing. Like, they didn't say, like, oh, yeah, they're in Portland, Oregon. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Just, first off, don't live in a major city. Secondly, I feel like if I was in that situation and aliens just showed up, I would straight up just go into a bunker until like everything was safe because I, I i would be the first people who left They're like oh aliens are here run like the madness i'd be with those people i'm like oh uh y- yeah let's let's get let, let's actually let's go to the grocery store i mean they broke the window out themselves let's pick up some snacks and like how like how would you know that things are safe though like how like how would you how would you know when to come out of your bunker would you just like peek out for a second or just okay nope nope all right yep are still here well i'd go to circuit city if it's in 1996 and <laughs> buy one of those radios that works underground actually okay we have a random question this may not be part of a segment but i it came to my mind when i was watching the movie so i noticed that whenever aliens attack like in almost every movie guaranteed they always have lasers always they never have their own like conventional weapons or like bullets or anything like similar. They're always lasers and they're always stronger than our technology. Why do you think that is? Why do aliens manufacture lasers and beams and we manufacture, you know, metal? Interesting. I would assume that we like metal is more man made than like naturally occurring per se. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just say it has to do more with the elements and energy resources that have to do with um, alien technology. Like, you don't run out of lasers, you know? Like, when have you seen oh. aliens run out of lasers? You're Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You're right. Yeah. It's like, wow. I've never seen an alien be like, oh, man, I'm out of lasers. Like, wait, Oh, what? man, I'm, of, I'm on a lot of beams. We're back up beams. <laughs> Cover by six. We gotta get some more beams. Like, yeah, I, I just I've never seen that happen. I've I never thought about that. It's, it's a it's a renewable source of energy that just continually renews no matter what. As long as you can, what? Wow. Okay, sorry. My mind is literally just blue right there. That's okay. Happens happens when you hang out with me for a while. I should go to the doctor. <laughs> My ears are bleeding. This is not normal. <laughs> oh, no. You should get that checked. Okay. So, um, this is a segment that we like to call Second Take Title, where we discuss alternative titles 
for the movie. This movie was called Independence Day. An alternate title for the movie uh, could be um, Checkmate. Because <laughs> they talked about chess so much. Yeah. Yeah, because he goes, he goes uh, well, yeah, it's Jeff Goldblum, isn't it? Yeah. And he's like, what happens next? Checkmate. Roll <laughs> Well, then I guess an alternative title would have to be Welcome to Earth. Punch. <laughs> oh, oh, so oh, so long as punch is in the title, like it says, <laughs> Welcome to Earth, asterisk, punch, um, asterisk, I'm in. Like, I'm so in. <laughs> now we're going to go into the last segment um, where we give you our reasons to recommend Chris why would you recommend this movie well it's an action packed movie that literally goes from the point of jump when I say that I mean when the movie starts it's like the action starts rising and rising and rising and rising and rising it has this gigantic like thing where it's like oh my god because I remember watching the movie just thinking at first like man I remember this is kind of docile and then maybe like 10 minutes later it started picking up and Ten minutes after that, picked up again. Just kept growing. I was like mm-hmm. super, super into it, and I felt like actually engaged and really, really like I don't know what's the word. Um, heart felt engrossed, engrossed with the characters, captivated. And so, I, yeah, yeah, I felt like that. That word. I'm like <laughs> I can't, I can't pronounce that. So I'm just gonna agree with you. <laughs> but no, I would recommend this movie because it's just a genuinely great action movie, and it's truly like engaging, and it just pulls you in. And you literally won't want to stop watching. Like I didn't even realize it was over two hours long. Yeah. It was that good. Like I only knew because I had to like take a quick pause to pee. But <laughs> if I didn't have to pee, I would never have known. <laughs> yeah. Um I would say the reason I would recommend this movie is it is a fun like capsule time capsule what am I trying to say? Uh, I say it's like a fun nineteen ninety six um action movie time capsule. Um, it is, it's star studded and, mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's a pretty decent disaster movie. Like, mm-hmm. and the characters, I think this is something, this movie did a good job at having you be invested in the characters more than the action per se, mm-hmm. because I feel like a lot of action movies today, you just like, Oh, I guess these characters are going to do cool things, but I'm here to see all the action stuff happen. Like, I feel like you were really rooting for these characters to figure out how to defeat these aliens who seem like they are unstoppable. Um, This movie showed um, what you don't see a lot of in action movies, and that is people failing at doing Mm. the job right. Like, they Mm -hmm. kept on messing up and trying to figure things out and messing up. And it seemed like these aliens were just unstoppable, but then they actually figured it out, and it was, I don't know, I feel like it was just a lot of fun. There's a lot of tension, and um, it's a movie with Will Smith, so really, (laughs) do you need another, any reason more than that? Will Smith is in the movie. Go see it. I mean, you got Jeff Goldblum, too. Uh, I just... Personally, oh. adore. I think he's a great, great actor. He's not utilized enough in film. And I will all throw this out there too. Even though they're literally making a sequel to this movie, it is a movie that doesn't need a sequel and it's not trying to set up a sequel. It's a movie that does really, really well standalone. And 
that's what I think really makes it work even more. Like, I really hope mm-hmm. this resurgence movie isn't trying to set up a third movie because the thing I loved about, you know, this, the, the ID4 original film is that it just works and it's just good for what it is. And there's no need to, like, world build. Because I know we're in this era now where that, that, that's what everyone's trying to do. They're trying to make, you know, the trilogy. They're trying to make the big series. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, we need to just make good movies. And this is one of them. Yep. All right, everyone. So that has been our review of Independence Day. Um, I guess ID4 Independence Day. Let me say this again. No, All right. it's confusing. It's confusing. Yeah. You don't need, no, it's confusing. I, I, was, I still don't really understand why it's ID4 because Independence aren't separate words. <laughs> I, I've never understood why they called it that. So don't apologize. No need to edit that out. Let us know what you thought about the movie on Twitter. We are at Flashback Flicks. And let us know what you thought of our review on iTunes. Um, head on over to iTunes. Open it up. Leave a review. Say, this movie was better than an alien attack. Or this review was better than an alien attack. Because it probably is, unless it's not. In which case, um, welcome to Earth, punch. (laughs) (laughs) We can also be found on um, SoundCloud and Stitcher, wherever else um, RSS feeds go to um, hide from alien invasions. And Chris, tell them where they can find more of you and your voice. Well, you can find me and my voice at the Black Man Answers Cosmo podcast. But if you want to see my face, you can find me at youtube.com slash csandreas. And that's pretty much it. Because, yeah, that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's so awkward. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess I'm going to say nerdyvideos.com, but I'm going to retire that pretty soon. I'm just going to say this candidly. I'm working on the website where I'm going to be writing articles and I already have about four up already. And I'm also linking to my YouTube videos and my podcast all in the same place called nerdgeekculture.com. Nice. Uh, Yeah. So seriously, be sure to check out Chris and all his great nerdiness and conversations. And this has been a blast, Chris. Thanks for uh, being on the podcast. Really appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, and uh, and be sure to tune in here next time on the Flashback Flicks Retro Movie Podcast for another retro movie review. Until next time, remember to be kind and rewind. Mm-hmm.